0: to pray would you close your eyes would you lift your hands towards heaven open up your heart father we sense your presence in this room today what an honor that you would grace us with a sense of your presence when you are present healing is here when you are present peace is here strength is here grace is here Father, I believe that you have designed for every person, every heart in this room, Father, a great future, a hope, and a future. So today, as we come before you to honor you, as we come before you to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear the word of God, we pray that you will speak to our hearts and lift us to brand new levels in Jesus' name. Somebody say, amen. Come on. Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. So good to see you guys. Thanks for coming to church today. It's a great day, isn't it? Happy birthday to my little wife, my fierce little wife. You have no idea. You have no idea (laughs) how fierce that little girl can really be. Hey, we're in the book of Hebrews, and I want to dive right in because I have a lot of ground that I want to cover today. And uh, we're, we've made it to the fifth chapter of Hebrews and uh, it's a series of messages that we're calling better uh, because of so many mentions of the word and the concept better in the book of Hebrews with Jesus being the better high priest and us having a better covenant built on better promises and uh, I could go on and on but if you've been around here you've been hearing me talk about that for a while today I want to focus on just one verse of scripture, but it's, uh, it's a powerful concept that I, I, has helped me a lot through the years, and uh, it's Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Now, if you were here last week, uh, or if you listened to the message from last week, Hebrews 5 is ending with the idea that uh, by now... Uh, we ought to be teachers by now we ought to have grown enough to lead to help to serve to teach and uh, but many people are, are not there yet and he's saying I want to talk to you about this uh, concept of Melchizedek as a high priest and he said but you're just not ready to hear it you, you can't handle the truth uh, is what he's saying and uh, and so the the last verse of Hebrews 5 is, is a verse that Uh, really speaks to me Uh, and it says this solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil and and i don't want to take a minute leave the verse up there if you would just for a minute I i want to take a minute and and talk about perception training perception training uh, uh, the, the word senses right here, because of practice, uh, just habitual practice, ha- the word senses in the original language uh, literally could be translated the organ of perception. Now, I don't know what, you, what your physical organ of perception could be, whether that be your liver, uh, your kidney, your heart, whatever it is, but, but that because of practice, because of habitual practice, uh, the mature have learned, have trained a perception. They, they've developed a discernment uh, where they could discern good and evil. They have developed an ability to judge. And the, the idea that I want to put out for us today is that the mature have learned to discern because they turn their attention towards something and, and they've started to figure it out, not just because somebody told them something was good or bad, but because they've been engaged with it. They've been a part of it. Uh, they, they've, they've put into practice. It's like this. It's like if, if you decided that you were going to buy and sell used cars, um, after a while, uh, you'd learn how to spot a good deal. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm ready to go buy a car and I want to like buy a, a used car for one of my kids, um, I'm going to find Van Blankenship because he knows used cars. And, and he's already developed his discernment. I don't really have to have that much discernment because I discerned I could trust Van. And, uh, and, but, but if you got into that world by practice... Uh, you'd learn to pick out some things, and you'd know what's a good deal, what's a bad deal, what's a clunker, what's a you know what's a lemon, uh, what's a really good car to to get a hold of. By practice, you've learned how to do that. Uh, if you were in the world of real estate, and after a while, uh, by practice, you'd be able to pick out uh, this is a good deal, this is something to be aware of, this is something I should be uh, looking for and because of practice you learn to discern you learn to perceive Uh, if you decided that you wanted to be an investor in stocks after a while you by getting involved in it and learning a few things about it you would you would learn what to avoid what to invest in what to stay away from uh, whether to get emotional when the stock market goes down (laughs) or, or get too emotional when it goes up but you understand the concept, by practice, you've learned to discern something. You've learned to pick up. You've trained your perception. And by practice, you could develop awareness. And an awareness in any arena that you decided you would, dis- you would become aware in, that your, your, your perception would make you better. Now, one of the things I love about... Jesus is that, we find this, and I've got several verses to back this up, but Jesus lived in total awareness. Like he was totally aware of everything going on around him. Mark 2.8 says immediately, Jesus aware in his spirit that the the Pharisees were reasoning a certain way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? He had this perception, this ability. Matthew 12, 15 says, Jesus, aware of this, <laughs> withdrew from there. And many followed him and he healed them all. So Jesus knew when to stay in an environment, when to pull out of an environment, right? Uh, Matthew sixteen eight. Jesus, aware of this, everybody say aware of this, said, you men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? And, and he's, he's what he's aware of is the guys are missing the point. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who's just missing the point? Have you ever felt like you just missed the point? Come on. Right. Some of you right now, you're like, you're missing the point altogether. Because, <laughs> Okay. Uh, Matthew twenty six ten. Jesus, aware of this, said to them, "Why do you bother the woman? Uh, For she has done a good deed to me." Jesus lived in total awareness. He he could read people. He could read the situation. He uh, he I mean emotional intelligence times one hundred. He he could read what God was up to in a situation. And this is an analogy that I've used a lot over the years, but it really helps me to come back to it, is the realization that at this point right now in this room, there are radio waves that are going all across this room, and if if there would be a Christian station where you could listen to Christian music or preaching or teaching on the radio. uh, There'd be a station for classical music Uh, if you wanted to tune into it. It's in the room right now. It's in this room. Uh, You could listen to hard rock. uh, You could listen to talk radio. You could listen to Please Don't, but you could listen to country music. And um, you could... There'd be any number of radio stations that would be coming across the air in this room, but the only one that you can hear is the one you tune into. So, so, So while there might be a station playing one song... You don't really like that song, so you're tuning into a station that has another song. And here's what I understand about all of us is that we hear what we're aware of. We, we hear what we have tuned into. We hear what we are able to hear. I can only hear what I am able to hear. And there's a, there's a concept uh, for this called the reticular activating system. Uh, all of us have this idea. It's the ability to form a pattern or a network or a station, if you will, of expectations that generates a net for capturing ideas and perceptions. So just recently, I was in the market for replacing my car and I started shopping around cars and I mean you know that once you start shopping for a car you start seeing those kind of cars everywhere it's like, you know I so I settled in on buying a, a little Honda Pilot and once I decided I wanted a Honda Pilot it seemed to me that there were Honda pilots everywhere now there weren't any more Honda Pilots it's just that I'd become aware I'd become I'd started to perceive that they were there I was, I'm the oldest of five boys so every time we would have another baby come into the house, I remember, uh, I remember saying this to my mom when I, was, when I was a young wee little lad, I remember saying to my mom one time, doesn't it seem like there's a lot of baby product commercials going on right now? And she laughed at me. She said, no, it's just that you're actually paying attention to them because they're there. And so I want us all to know that we actually see what we're looking for. We see what we can see. We we hear what we can hear. And and what we pay attention to, uh, what we put into practice, develops a sense of perception and discernment for us. And how many of you could realize that your life would be better if your perception grew? If your discernment grew, if your ability to, to discern between good and evil, between good and bad, between, between uh, something that's for you or something that's against you, between an environment that you should stay involved in and an environment that you should pull away from, right? So I want to give you, a, just today, I want to get practical. I'm going to give you three keys, three keys to perception training, three keys to perception training. Number one is this, pay Attention. Amen. That's like, I should just say, for this message, pay attention. It's a bad joke, but some people are so broke they can't even pay attention. Sorry. I told myself I wouldn't tell it, but it just came to my head. The pastor being aware of an opportunity for a bad joke. The Bible often instructs us to pay attention, to turn our attention, to tune in. Uh, Again, uh, another set of verses, but Hebrews 4.1, Proverbs 4.1, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you gain understanding. Proverbs 4.20, my son, give attention to my words. Uh, Proverbs 5.1, my son, give attention to my wisdom, incline your ear, to my understanding Proverbs 7:24 Now therefore my sons listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth Proverbs 16:20 He who gives attention to the word shall find good you find good if you're looking for good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord And just reminder probably for most of us but what you pay attention to is what grows in your life so that's why you and I have always got to make this decision about what we're going to pay attention to. So, I, you know, I am, I am constantly getting a hold of myself and saying, I'm going to tune in to the station of abundance. That's what I'm going to pay attention to. Because what you pay attention to grows in your life. If I tune in to the station of lack, there is that station out there, uh, that's what will grow in my life. So I'm going to tune in to the station of creativity. I'm going to tune in to the station of positive and not be tuned in to the station of negative. There's a lot of broadcast of negative that's out in the world. And I get to decide what I'm going to pay attention to. Right? I'm going to tune in to opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to people. Now, some of us... That's easier than others. For me, it's a conscious decision because I am prone to task, and people are often mosquitoes that get in the way of my task, and, and, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, so don't hate. But, uh, but I've, got to, I've got to keep going, okay, stop. Slow down. Walk Slow through the crowd pay attention and when you pay attention call attention to good things that you see in somebody's life i'm going to pay attention to god i'm going to pay attention to his word i I don't i'm not going to get tuned into the station of excuses because if i if i wanted to pay attention to that i'd have all the excuses in the world I don't want to pay attention and tune into the station of negative or cynical because that's not what I want to grow in my life. And I'm saying pay attention to your life. That's what's going to make your life great. Pay attention to your spouse. A marriage doesn't fall apart in a day, and a marriage doesn't get great in a day. You got to pay attention. You got to listen. You got to stay in touch. You got to nurture the relationship. Newsflash no one starts out as a great husband. Come on ladies, say amen and cut us some slack, okay? You know how you could get better as a husband is pay attention. Pay attention. No. Okay, another news flash. Nobody starts out as a great wife. Well, Come on. Some of you guys are like, I want to say amen so bad, but I know I'm going to pay dearly for this, so I'm just going to be quiet and hope the Holy Spirit is working on her heart right now, <laughs> but you just got to pay attention. I'm going to tell you, one of the great keys to building a great marriage is pay attention. One of the, one of the, one of the most amazing keys to raising kids pay attention you got to pay attention to what's going on you got to stay tuned in even even if even if they reach that age where they start trying to separate and push away from you you got to pay attention to them right well if you if you want to if you want to build a great business if you want to build a great ministry you got to pay attention right stay in touch with it uh Keep pouring into it. Keep growing in your understanding of the more you pay attention, the more you tune in, the more you develop your awareness, the, the, the more comes into your world. So the book of Proverbs gives us a great picture of this idea of, of doing this or not doing this. But Proverbs 24:30 says, I passed by the field of the sluggard. By the vineyard of the man lacking sense. Behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles. Hate those nettles. And its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I reflected upon it and looked and received instruction. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. A little distracted attention, and poverty comes on like a robber, and you want like an armed man. Suddenly, it appears sudden, but it's really the end process that you haven't paid attention to the garden. It's always the end result of whether attention's been given or not. You you can always tell when attention is being given to something or is being given to someone just by looking at it. All all we got to do is look at your car. Look at, is it full of McDonald's wrappers? (laughs) Somebody's going... Why did I come to church today? <laughs> Wait, look, Take a look at your work area. Take a look at your home. And, and really the same is true with, with our kids. You can tell parents that are paying attention. That doesn't mean kids are perfect because they're not because they're human like their parents are but you can tell if somebody's paying attention to their marriage you can tell if somebody's paying attention to their relationship with the Lord one of the great concepts that uh, Rudy Giuliani when he was the mayor of New York City and really turned that massive city around uh, was people hated going to New York City for a long time because they, they felt like they were going to get mugged. They felt like it was going to be a, a crime scene and and he had this concept called the broken window theory. And that is this, if there's a if there's like an abandoned building and one of the windows gets broken and and nobody fixes that window, it appears that nobody's paying attention. So people start breaking all the other windows. And so the broken wind, window theory is you've got to pay attention. So when the window breaks, you Paying attention, you fix the window. And he actually cleaned up the subway, not by putting more police officers uh, on the subway lines, but by cleaning up the graffiti. That, because when all the graffiti was going on the subway, and nobody did anything about it, people thought nobody's paying attention, so we can just go nuts on this subway. And when he paid attention and cleaned it up, crime stopped or help move back considerably on the subway. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know well the condition of your flocks, of your kids, of your church, of your coworkers, of your friends. Pay attention to your herds. You got you to stay in touch. You got to pay attention. You got to know the condition. So stay in touch with your marriage. Am I preaching this so good that it's like everybody's under conviction or you gotta know the condition of your kids. You gotta pay attention. You gotta pay attention to your work. You pay attention to your man. I'm talking about how do you how do you train your perception? You don't have to be the smartest person in the world, but if you would pay attention, you could be a fantastic husband, a fantastic wife. Fantastic in in your world. Your world will grow. Walk around your world with your eyes and your ears and your heart wide open and pay attention. The second idea that I want to talk about in perception training is exposure. Exposure. Now, here's what I mean by that. There's a, A rooster finds an ostrich egg and walks in with this big egg and says to all the hens... I don't want to complain girls, just wanted you to see what they're doing in the other places. (laughs) It's easy to get closed in and shrunken on your perspective. If the only tool you have is a hammer then you see every problem as a nail. That's a good thought. And we, we, can, we can get tunnel-visioned perspective if we're not exposing our heart and our mind and our outlook to bigger things, to better things than what we've grown up with. So, Psalm 46, verse uh, 4 says this, There is a river, one river, whose streams, many streams, make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. And I remember when this really hit me several years ago, one river, many streams. And I love the fact that this appears to be uh, such a great thing across the life of God church now is that there's, people are less apt to go I'm in this camp I'm in this camp I'm in that camp because we realize God is doing a lot of magnificent things in a lot of streams and I don't I, I think it doesn't do us any good to get closed in and think our way is the only way it, it might be the, it, it might be the station I like it might be the music I like it might be the kind of style and kind of church that I like, but it's not the only good music in town. And what I want to say to you, whether it's church life or the way you handle your finances or the way you parent your children or the way you interact with people or the way you deal with authority or whatever's going on, exposure to a different thought, maybe a different angle. Uh, uh, a fresh pair of eyes and ears that would see that, you know, maybe, maybe you were raised a particular way. So you, you watched the way your parents did marriage, and you thought that's the way marriage is. But without disrespecting or dishonoring them, I just want to suggest to you that there could be some better models... than what you were exposed to. The way way that you've thought about money, there could be some better models that would make it so that you actually have some. Exposure to someone who stretches you, to a way of thinking that that grows you. you. You know, the way that your family parented you, there may be some better models. Exposure to a better model could train your perception to go to a brand new place. Everybody with me on this one? Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I think exposure to people, to organizations, to, uh, to, to different thinking... In, in a particular field that's really going places, that's doing things a little better than you're doing it, maybe a little better than the way that you've experienced, if you could broaden your perspective, it could increase your awareness. It could increase your discernment, your perception. And, I, you know, let me just say, I, I'm fully aware, and I don't want to overqualify, but Obviously, there's certain things we don't want to expose—garbage in, garbage out, right? But great exposure to the right things could take us to a brand new place. I'm talking about perception training, I'm talking about by practice, you you trained your senses to discern. And then the last idea that I'm going to talk about today is this: you got to let go of past hurts limitations, and blinders. I'm talking about your perception. I'm talking about your awareness. I'm talking about the way you can pay attention. you got to let go of past hurts, limitations, and blinders. So uh, Philippians chapter 3 has this idea. Uh, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained or have already become perfect, But I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. I haven't arrived yet. Anybody feel that way? I I hope we all do (laughs) because you haven't. But one thing I do forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of always the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a passage that I really like. He's saying this, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm not finished yet either. And This idea that success is never final. Failure is never fatal. This, you see in the spirit of what Paul's writing here that he's saying, my best days are lying in front of me, so I'm stretching out for this. I'm reaching for this. I'm going for this. And I know you might be asking the question, so like, how does that apply to my awareness to my perception. I'll tell you how and I'll tell you why. In life, we get hurt. In life, we fail. We stumble. In life, stuff happens to us. And when that stuff happens, or we blow it, or somebody hurts us, it gets easy. To shut down. It gets easy to say, ah, oh, what's the use? And instead of paying attention, we just sort of get enclosed. We come in. We quit trying. We quit quit being open. Quit being loving. Because ain't nobody going to do that to me again. We get disconnected. We get get disappointed with God. So we just kind of shut down. We get disappointed with people. So we shut down. We get disappointed with church. So we shut down. We get disappointed with ourselves. So we shut down and all of a sudden the ability to be aware to be tuned in to be perceptive to be able to discern all, everything has shut down and and we move into this living a settle for life well we just go numb just get on autopilot just go through the motions and if that's happened to you, and if it's not happening to you now, it will be, it, I'm, I'm here to encourage you to lift up your eyes and stay aware, stay awake, stay, stay dialed in. It's not your kid's fault, so keep loving them. Are we Okay? Abraham and, uh, and his nephew Lot had been traveling together for quite a while. And uh, the blessing of God on those two guys has caused them to reach a place where they had grown so large together that their herdsmen were quarreling and fighting with each other. So conflict was, arose. And I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever had family Drama. <laughs> Family conflict uh, arose. So here is Uncle Abraham. Here is Nephew Lot. And the, the herds are fighting. And Abraham does this incredible thing Genesis chapter 13. He's, he just says to Lot, Hey, you choose. He wasn't weak. He was actually dealing with a drama situation. And he's dealing with this drama situation, and he he says, hey, Lot, you choose. You choose to go east, I'll go west. I think our society could learn the art of how to defer with a recognition that God is still a God of abundance, and I don't have to win over you. God can still take care of me. It would, it would help a few things. But they the Lot makes the Bible says Lot chose for himself. And they separate. And you can imagine Abram, he's, you know, he's walking away from that, going, oh, family stuff relationship stuff the next time we get together for Thanksgiving is gonna be awkward I mean is he's you know he's and and I love what happens because Genesis 13 14 says the Lord says to Abram after Lot had separated from him now now that that's over lift up your eyes Pay attention. Keep aware. I still got something for you. I know your conflict made you want to shut down, but don't. Look from the place where you are, north and south and east and west. I think it's a powerful story. I think Abram teaches us something. You know, he... Nobody likes relational conflict. And it's so easy to shut down. It's so easy to feel worn out. And God says to Abram, now's not the time. That chapter is finished. But the story isn't done yet. The book isn't done yet. So your past hurts. Your past... Boundaries, your past limitations could put you in a place where you go, I tried and I failed. Or I didn't try hard enough and I failed. Or I ran into somebody or something. And I believe what God is saying to Abram is what He'd be saying to you and to me today is lift up your eyes, stay awake, stay alert. Stay aware. Don't shut down on me now. I still got plenty for you to do. I got plenty for you to still become. I got plenty of ground for you to take. And God reminds them, Genesis 13, verse 15, all the land, lift up your eyes and look, all the land which you see, if you could tune in, if you could see it, if you could hear me, I'll give it to you and to your descendants forever. Just reminding you, Abram, just reminding you, Rock Church, I'm still for you. I'm still going to fight in your behalf. I'm still going to go there for you. I'll give it to you and to your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if anyone could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk around the land. (laughs) Through its length and its breadth, for I will give it to you. I love it. God is saying to Abraham, you had a a bad chapter, but we're still writing the story. John 4, verse 35. Last verse, Jesus said this. Don't say there's four more months. Don't postpone your life. And then comes the harvest. But I say, lift up your eyes, look on the fields. They're white for harvest. Could I just lovingly but firmly call you to quit living a four months from now? This is your life today. Don't postpone it. The fields are white for harvest. And certainly, that means reaching people for Christ. But I just want to say, there's opportunity all around if you tune into that station, if if you'll stay aware, if you'll keep your senses alive. There's, There's still people that need what you have in your life. There's still opportunity for you Don't let the limitations of a past chapter keep defining this chapter. Let me pray with you guys today. Would you bow your heads, please, and would you close your eyes? Father, as we come before you today, we're asking you, Lord, to help us stay awake, alert, paying attention to our world, to our to what you want to do in and around and through us. I'm praying for every person in this room that has experienced a a conflict or a hurt or or a disappointment even of their own cause. You are causing a new spark, a fresh spark to rise inside of every one of us. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to give this opportunity before we end today. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus before, I would love to help you start that journey and just pray a prayer with you. If you're here today and you know there was a day in the past where you used to be close to God and you're not now, I would love to pray with you. Let's 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 come back home to a God who's for you. Or if you just feel unsure about where you really stand with God, I want us to pray together. Nobody's looking around, but you're here today. You say, you know what? I've not really surrendered to Jesus yet. Or I used to be so much closer to him, but I've been knocked off course and I'm ready to come back home. Or you just feel unsure about where you stand. You say, Pastor Kirk, would you pray with me? And more important than me, praying with you is you signaling to God, yes, God. Just yes, God. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Right now, raise it high. Raise it all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Just no shame in this. No, this is not a call to get your act together. This is a call to surrender to a God who loves you. Anybody else would say, yeah, would you pray with me today? Amen. Let's all pray this prayer together. This is for everybody lifted their hand, but I'd love for us all to pray together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my lord. I know I've sinned. i come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me Become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.